0: I have the honor of having Dr. Edward Inge, the president here at Minnesota State University. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you've been here since July, August, September, two and a half months.
1: I know. I'm feeling like an old timer now. Are you? I'm getting it down.
0: (laughs) So, you know, we we had you on when you first came. We introduced you and, and a little background. How are things settling in for you?
1: It's a, it's a long learning curve, so I, I get to opportunities to listen a lot, and I've appreciated the feedback that I've gotten, but, you know, this is a good place, and every day just reaffirms what I think I told you in the first interview. It's a very welcoming community. It's a very engaged community, and our campus, especially with the students back, which we didn't have when I talked to you last, there's a lot of energy on the campus that you can feel when you, you walk around.
0: And I think it's a renewed energy because we had the last, essentially, year and a half off because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I am hearing, and maybe you are too, how students are so happy to be back on campus.
1: I hear that all the time. Uh, you know, I, I talked with a, a student. I was getting coffee, and, and a, a student came up and was talking to me saying, uh, this is so much better than the last 18 months being able to be. And it's not just... That uh, they're back together, but all of the things that they do that are engaged, they they're able to go uh, see sports events. They can go, you know, we're going to go see the uh, the studio theater production tomorrow, which would have been tough to do a year ago. And so, I think um, all of those pieces have given the campus back a vibrancy that you didn't have when you're just online.
0: I think people are wondering, how are we doing with COVID? Because we hear about it all around increasing in terms of schools, the the, the yeah. elementary and high school kids are back again, and cases are being brought up. How is MSU doing at this point?
1: I think we're doing well. I think we need to be cautious. In the region, uh, the case positivity rate is fairly high, but uh, we've had to put in, in place certain protocols to try to reduce any chance of spread on campus, including mask mandate for being indoors, uh, which no one's crazy about but I think if we can in any way inhibit the spread that's a positive thing starting this last week uh, we started for staff and faculty a protocol for either testing or demonstrating proof of vaccination. Of the 95% of our employees uh, that have put in their, their paperwork, 90% of them are vaccinated. That is a very, very good number. In October, we'll start with a similar protocol for students. But the self-reports we have with students and student workers are showing that they are vaccinated in the high 80%. I think I think continued uh, work toward getting our, our community here vaccinated and continuing along with the uh, protocols we put in place will help us get through this and be able to stay together.
0: Do we still have the, uh, they had beds, especially, uh, I guess, uh, don't, uh, I don't think of the word, for the folks who have COVID. There's like a dorm or someplace where they can go. Yeah, we-, we Designated, we have, that's the word. I was <laughs> <to> we have
1: <laughs> protocols for quarantining if it's if it's necessary. Okay. And uh, so all of the same protocols that we had in place Before. last year are still in effect uh, in terms of uh, residence halls and, and in terms of uh, you know uh, the masking requirements and those kinds of things.
0: What would you say in terms of percentage? Are most students back in classes live, or are there still kind of a mix of online versus in class? It's
1: blended. It's about half and half, or 45% that are entirely face-to-face and the rest blended.
0: OK. And this is actually really great news. Uh, this came out just the beginning of the month, talking about Minnesota State Mankato's fundraising—a record-breaking year of foundation support for students—and that certainly is something to be really proud of. And it is, yeah, especially
1: in a pandemic year, right? And especially in a year where the country went through a serious recession. I think it demonstrates a couple of things. One is we have a, we have an, an excellent a division that focuses on getting our message out and the stories about what's happening on campus and interacting with people in our community to tell people about what it is we do even through a pandemic But the other thing it tells me is that the people that support our university are dedicated to our university's success. And more important than that, they're dedicated to our students because it's our students that benefit from this. By and large, a lot of the the funds were for scholarships or emergency loans and cash and and grants, you know, the kinds of financial support that enabled our students to stay in school uh, through the pandemic when they weren't working or if they had child care issues or elder care. You know, the kinds of pressures that students were facing, this helped get them through.
0: I personally know a number of international students who said they would have had to have gone back to their home countries had they not had the support of the Minnesota State University. And of course, now Minnesota State is, uh, we're doing a campus drive. And it's just neat for me to see the dedication and commitment of faculty and staff who give back to help these students.
1: It's important because, you know, I've I've always believed in in paying it forward and you give back to those, those things that helped you get where you are, but also to think about, when you pay it forward, when you, when you give things back, um, you, you invest in your own community in the success of the people that you work with. And, and it's the, one of the things that has been such an amazing realization about this campus is how much our staff and our faculty are invested and dedicated to our student success and not just in the classroom or in the theater, on the field, that how, how they succeed as people. And, and, and those those gifts this last year and the upcoming year are the ones that help students stay in school to finish and, and complete their degrees.
0: Absolutely, because like I said, I have personal stories mm-hmm. of students and it's just so refreshing to see that they are able to continue on. It just means a lot. And I was going to mention the foundation raised a total of $12.78 million in fiscal 2021. That's the third highest yeah. single year fundraising total in the 63-year history of the foundation. And so uh, apparently our foundation endowment level is now at 70.39 million, its highest ever. And for a public state university, that is remarkable.
1: It's remarkable. Uh, And it it gets back to... You know, people that give to us understand the role that this university has played in the work that we have done, and they see it through our students. They see it through our alum that go on into to business in Minnesota. And so I you know I couldn't be more proud of the, the work that our folks have done to, to hit those numbers, but more impressed with our community that supports the university at that level.
0: You are, have talked about one of the things as you have come to the university is listening. What have you heard from students? What are some things that maybe, I don't know if they've surprised you or just things that maybe is a common theme that you're hearing from the students when you're out and about?
1: The single most important thing is how thankful they are to be back together. And it was telling when we went to the opening football game. uh, It was raining.
0: Which was a really good game, by the way. It was a great game. Yeah,
1: It was raining and it was cold. And the people in the stands didn't want to be anywhere else. They wanted to celebrate together. They want to be in community and doing projects together on campus. Uh, It's the level of joy that people have being around is the thing that that is the most uh heartening you know i i i went and talked with families during move-in days and just about uh the excitement they had that life was getting back to normal and seeing uh, at least seeing our way toward the end of the pandemic and that uh this was going to be a great year for them that they were they were convinced but You know, but you listen, you hear all these different stories about the very many paths that our students take to get here because I don't think I've heard two that are the same. You know, there are students that came from other countries, as you mentioned, and what it took for them to be here and what it takes for them to be successful. There are students who are single parents and how important their education is to them because it's an investment in their family. And students that come here through the traditional means they came out of high school and this is where they wanted to be all have different stories and I love listening to the stories I mean they tell me a lot about the character and the characteristics of this place and and you know it's it's tough to have a bad day when the people that you are serving are, are celebrating what they get to do in this place
0: Oh, let me tell you, it has is, it is made such a difference having the students back. It yeah. does, like you said, the energy just comes right back up, because we really missed them, a really, uh, actually, a lot. I know
1: I did. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And, because the campus doesn't have a heartbeat, right? I mean, it, when no one's here. I mean, the, the real energy of what happens in the place is when our faculty, staff, and students are in the same space together. What we create, what we do, what we engage with, what we learn, all happens in community, and, and uh, it's nice to have that back.
0: And I'm glad to hear that you're attending the Maverick Athletics. As well, you know, yeah. we have one of the winningest football teams in in many years. So that's really great. And and yep. so I wasn't there. My husband was and told me all about it. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. And go to see your first play tonight.
1: That's right. No, just uh, I am cameras tomorrow night, I believe is when oh, we're going. I think
0: it starts actually tonight. But yeah, yeah so. I,
1: I'm seeing it tomorrow night. I think we have uh, I'm, my schedule gets a little weird. I believe we have volleyball and then I am
0: camera. So you are a busy man, yes. Mm-hmm. Have you been working at all with legislators at all, or is that something that's more done at the state level with the uh, men's state overall, or is that something you have been working, meeting with uh, representatives, legislators, etc.
1: I've met with several leg- uh, legislators um, here on campus and also off campus. Centrally there is a legislative agenda that the system works on and you know what are the, the key priorities for the system but there are legislators that are interested in what is happening here on this campus including the governor by the way. I saw him uh, recently in uh, uh, Minneapolis. And, and, uh, you know, he's a a big fan of the campus and what it is we do. He used to, you know, used to live here, still lives here, Mm -hmm. I believe has a home here. And uh, he's excited about what we do. And then the legislators I've talked with, I I think it's five so far, they're interested in in where we see ourselves going and what it is we're going to uh, focus our energies toward and what the campus is going to evolve to be.
0: And as you've been talking to them, what are you expressing to them as some of MSU's priorities? What are some things that are really important that you think that they need to hear?
1: Well the most important thing is that our student demographic, the nature of our students are going to change over the next few years. The uh, census uh, data tells us that Minnesota's population over the next decade, decade and a half, is going to be more diverse. It is going to be uh, older than, than uh, traditional students. You know, there will be fewer uh, traditional age college students and there will be more students that come to us from out of state. And so the, the question is what is it that we need to look like that invites a very diverse student body, not all of whom were born and raised in Minnesota, what's right. that going to look like? And they'll be a little older. So how do we think about the, the programming that we need to have in place to support the educational outcomes of those students? The other key piece is, especially in Southwest uh, Minnesota, is there's a concern about having enough people to work uh, in the careers that are emerging here. Right. And how do we uh, give our students uh, a very good reason for them to think about graduating and then staying here to live and work, raise a family, start a business, how would we want to do that? And so that's part of the conversations I've been having with uh, community leaders and and regional elected officials is uh, we educate students well. Our students go on to do amazing things. I just came from an alumni event last week and the stories our alums tell us are incredible. For us to keep them here, we have to show them, give them good reason to be here. so how do we partner and create experiences that give students a way to think about their degrees uh, uniquely? so for example, I, I was a communication major in uh, my undergraduate work so would a job shadow with an executive in a communication firm have helped would a day on the beat with a reporter have helped or would an internship do well for me what are the things that our region can partner with us on to help the students have experiences that highlight some of the strengths of their degrees or the flexibility of their degrees.
0: And that is something we seem to be hearing so much about, is the shortage of workers in many, many areas. In fact, I am looking to hire reporters, and I have had a lack of applicants. Yeah, And I've never had that before. Usually I've had so many to go through. And so I I don't know if it's, I'm not really exactly sure what that's all about, but I, I think a lot of people are experiencing that now. I think
1: so. And you know, I had a great conversation with the uh, director of the Columbus Zoo, and he talked about ways that we could partner, that would give our students some experiences, but also to invite uh, kids that are in, in high school or even pre-high school to participate in camps that are around nature that we would be able to partner and think about the broader region and how students can become engaged in quality of life and think about what they could contribute to an area like you know such as ours.
0: I love that. I yeah. mean, I think that's just I love a, it too. I uh, yeah. it a great idea. I, I, I want to go to the zoo personally, too. But <laughs> I hadn't been
1: to our zoo before. It's outstanding and run by an alum of ours. It is? Yeah, John Frowley.
0: Oh, OK. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Uh, a lot of people have uh, finances on their mind. They know that um, we've been spending lots of money for, you know, with COVID and everything. And uh, I think a lot of us have heard about the tightening of budgets and things like that. How are we doing? Are we, you know, you hear about other universities, St. Cloud having to do significant cutbacks. Their enrollment is down like half of what they used to be. How are we standing financially and and student-wise? You
1: know, that's an important question. It's something that I think about regularly. Uh, Our budget is driven by our enrollment. Sure. For the most part i mean the enrollment is the key indicator of the strength of the budget so enrollment is down over where it was last year but it's come back to only about point three percent down overall enrollment by headcount we're down about two hundred full-time equivalent students which means they're taking less of an average uh, credit load but uh that we're down at all is troubling and what it tells me is some of that is pandemic related but part of that is the beginning of shifts in in demography and where students choose to go and so part of what I think our mission is is to think carefully about when we invite a student to come here and we accept them to be here what are the unique opportunities they have what are the experiences that we're going to provide for students or, or make available or work with them on to uh, give them a, a special and unique experience with this campus with our region um, enrollment is going to be an issue over the next decade plus and it's something that we'll need to look at that all that said our budget is in good shape for this year uh, it'll depend on whether we retain our students at a reasonable rate into next year to know what next year's budget will look like it'll be a little tighter than this year's uh, by the way the, that that uh, the legislature uh, 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 allocates funds for the, the right. system, but uh, by and large, I feel pretty confident where the uh, you know where our baselines are, and I, I don't see a, a need for any major uh, uh, pullback in anywhere. In fact, uh, we have some funds that are set aside for a strategic reserve that allows us to invest in some of the priorities that we have this year, which will be about around enrollment and developing the kinds of programs and uh, outreach that uh, students are going to need.
0: What are some of those new projects or programs that we're talking about? Is there anything you, you're able to, to talk about publicly at this time?
1: Well, it, just in, in terms of working with uh, uh, partners in the uh, business community and the uh, uh, nonprofit community, what we would be able to do together that would uh, help students have some meaningful experiences off campus to be part of what it is we're doing in, in the region. the the big the, the big initiative this year, though, is to think carefully about what it is this university needs to look like by 2030. And so the campus conversation and the regional conversation around the five things we talked about last time, where enrollment's going to go, the best way to focus our resources to ensure that we're leveraging our our dollars the best way we can, to really carefully curate a student experience that is meaningful and will attract students to our campus because we offer something unique and interesting. Uh, I remain concerned about health and well-being of people. As good as it is to be back, there are also more pressures yeah. when people are back, and I want to make sure that we're able to provide the, the support outreach that we need to there. And then the big initiative for the system for this campus is to ensure that we're a welcoming, inclusive, campus that invites students, you know, all students to participate fully. And that's important for us to do. And because when we do that, we open ourselves up to more students in the future as the state diversifies. But also we allow more students to succeed uh, and, and earn their degree and go participate in their communities.
0: Do you anticipate any capital projects, infrastructure-type things that that we're looking into the future? Of course, the legislature has its own budget restraints. So what are we looking and hoping to, I guess, accomplish in terms of getting some things put our way.
1: Well, the single most important is to upgrade our our uh, academic environment with the replacement of the Armstrong Hall sure. project and I have spoken with our uh, legislators about that. I even gave my f- my first tour of Armstrong Hall oh, did to you? one okay. of our legislators who wanted to see it. He took classes in there, so he wanted to see what was going on in there and and mostly you know what a new building will do that replaces that one will have the effect of allowing us to have a much more flexible instructional space and one that's more dynamic that that allows for different kinds of instruction be more innovative and if this campus has shown anything in the last eighteen months is we're pretty innovative about how we approach instructional delivery and the 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 important notion that uh, we, we adapt to meet the needs of our students where and when they are and how we do that. So it would be a purpose-built building that allows us to do that with high degrees of flexibility that's connected. The other piece that happens, it, which I think is important, is if you look at Centennial Plaza, it's a very dynamic place mm-hmm. where people are very engaged and it's, a, it's an important community space. When Armstrong Hall comes down, the existing one, that opens up our community space significantly in the interior of campus in ways, I think, that will create opportunities for much larger kinds of events and and more opportunities for interaction and, and a lot of different kind of breakout things that can go on there.
0: For perspective, how old is that Armstrong building?
1: See, now you give me a history oh, quiz. So well, maybe I'm, that's I'm not say a good it was question. In the I know late it's old. 60s, early 70s, I believe.
0: Okay, because I was, you know, I've been in there and it does seem very limited by how it was built and for the time yes. I'm sure it was really great, but right now with Given technology and things, it seems like it's kind of outlived its course. And
1: actually, one of our um, uh, physical plant people gave me a, a tour of it to show me. You know, th- we've been able to keep it up to standard and functioning, but it's showing its age and some of its infrastructure. Sure. And, yeah, it's an, it's an older building. The, the thing is is we, we don't teach the way that that building was designed to teach. We don't line students no. up in fixed rows and they look at the professor. I mean, it, there was a time when the professor was, the, 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 you know, the, where the key knowledge was. I mean, your key knowledge was the professor in the room or the library is where you can access information, and the professor helped you interpret it, important roles. But now, with the amount of information that's out mm-hmm. there, the role of, of teachers has changed some. And, and, you know, we were more about helping students understand the information that they see, evaluate the information that they get, and work with them on using it to do something positive. But that requires a more active kind of classroom dynamic as opposed to the more mechanized sit in a row and be told things.
0: Right, and I mean, I know high schools are adapting to all that and other schools mm-hmm. as well. As far as the library, now that has been updated in years as yeah. well. Is that in pretty good shape?
1: Now, my sense is the library is in good shape, but I haven't had my official tour yet. I've met oh. with the librarians. <laughs> he still needs uh, tours, people. Uh, well, I, 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 I do walk around, I have <laughs> oh, walked I know. through the library, and it is used. And I've, I've gotten lost in the library because in the basement oh. it's difficult to get from one side to the other. Yeah, I've learned it's, that the hard uh, way. It's tricky. But, um,. Students are using it, which is a good sign uh, because if students aren't using it, it tells you we have a problem about the space being inviting and they have a problem with them mm-hmm. not they're getting the learning support they need. Uh, we keep good hours for our students, and I see it being accessed at all different kinds of hours. I think the library is doing well.
0: I want to talk about housing a little bit because we have really upgraded the housing situation in the last number of years with new I guess dorms, they call them mm-hmm. residence halls. Yes. In my day, they used to be calling dorms. and things. I know. <laughs> are we pretty set in that way? Because uh, um, I know housing in Mankato in general is a tough thing to find affordable housing. Are most students being served in, in the way, I guess, the best way they need in terms of what they're able to find?
1: We have about 3,000 beds on campus, and right now they're not full, so it's about 2,300 oh. are full. So there's space if a student wanted to live in housing here. There is a proposal for uh, another housing uh, project after we do a, a demand analysis, I understand that there is that housing is tight in the in the city and there's more yep. construction that is going on right. to address right. that. But the answer may be what we do because we might be able to move a little quicker than some.
0: Is there anything else you want people to know since you've been here that maybe you've thought about that you haven't been able to express that you want to, I guess share? Well,
1: I I will say when, not just about housing, but uh, I bought myself a meal plan.
0: You did? Uh, yes. So and?
1: I've been going to the dining hall.
0: And is it good?
1: Actually, I really like the food in the dining hall. Because there's a lot like, of
0: selection, uh, right? There's a
1: lot of selection. Yeah. If you can't find something you like there. But there's a creative creations bar, which is kind of interesting to look at. Some, yeah. some of the creativity is really good, and some of it I go, well, that's an interesting fusion. Oh. But um, <laughs> what I do think, though, that's been charming is uh, I can sit at a table and have students come and sit with me and just tell me what they think. And some are very specific kinds of ideas and suggestions about what they have, what they would like to see student life look like on campus, but most is to express an appreciation for our campus and for our faculty and, and that they're simply energized about it. And, and that's, been, that's been positive because that's just a random thing. The other thing I have appreciated is our, our student leadership has, is uh, exceptionally good. I think that they are very good at advocating students. I think they have been top flight on uh, uh, getting issues out in the front and you know, when they called up and, and said or they texted me and said, well, how about we all go to a play together? I thought that was a lovely thing.
0: Wait, they're going to the play too?
1: They're going to one later. Oh, go you're see going it. later. We're going to go see HMS Pinafore. Oh, nice. With our student leaders.
0: I'm really excited to hear that. That's that's. I
1: But, you know, that's been my experience in Mankato and on this campus is it is inviting. Right. And part of inviting gives you an opportunity to share, and sharing is what we're going to build, you know, our next 10 years out of.
0: And I want to say welcome to fall Thank weather. You. And I know you came in the summer when it was very, very hot, and I know you really haven't had the winter here yet. So Not yet. So but I got
1: a stocking cap today.
0: You did. Is it a MSU one? Yes, very, it's
1: appropriately branded.
0: I am very impressed that you did that already. That was you given to
1: me, so I'm figure I'm golden. Well, you need it. I need mittens now.
0: Oh, I don't know if we have Brandon mittens.
1: <laughs> I'm looking for them.
0: Okay, well, if anybody knows, we got scarves. I think so. We'll have, have to. Yeah. So the fall weather is delightful. If you get a Scorges. chance to get out and do the trails, which have you had a chance yet?
1: It's been a little busy. Oh, I,
0: know, uh, I know, I But I
1: will find time. I keep promising myself. Yeah, yeah. I hope you do. We, I really hope yeah. you do.
0: Yeah. Well, it's delightful to have you on. Well, and thank you. I appreciate it, and we hope to have conversations with you again and uh, let, let us know how things are going. It sounds like, so far, just very busy and getting your feet wet or sea legs, as they say.
1: Very busy, a lot of fun, and a lot of energy, and that's been positive.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Dr. Edward Inch, who is the president here at Minnesota State University, Mankato.